Well, good morning, everybody. Did you see me hit the altar with a thurible? Well, now you know about it. <laughs> I was like, I'm always nervous I'm going to do that. I'm like, of course. They finally came. Great to be with you today, as always. Uh, today we're in Easter season. Uh, it's the fifth Sunday of Easter. And today what I want to do with you is I want to hopefully inspire you that you and I sometimes are super good at Lent, but sometimes we're not very good at Easter. And I know you don't think you're good at Lent, right? You come and see me and you're like, Father Brian, it's been two days since my last confession, and I just started Lent and I've already failed. But here's the thing. We actually, I bet for most of us, we forgot it's Easter. Easter lasts 50 days. And today what I want to do is I'm hoping that I can speak to that heart of yours in a way that says, heaven is real, and it's my inheritance, and because it's real, I can walk through this world in a different way than I would have otherwise. There's that old axiom that says, um, Imitation is the greatest form of flattery. And imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Uh, one of the best moments in the last year of having now two um, chump assistant priests happened like two weeks ago. And so Father Sean, he's 27, and he really does feel to me more like he's like 17. And he's kind of like my little, he's my 17-year-old. And he's like, Dad, like, come on, let me do this. I'm like, no, go to your room. <laughs> go behave yourself. Uh, but Father Sean loves to just poke at me all the time. And about two weeks ago, one of the things that priests do all the time is we look at the readings for the coming Sunday, and we're getting ready for what we're going to preach about, and we're thinking all week. And... If you're struggling, you'll just turn to the other guys and you'll say, who's got a homily for me? Right? So we say this all the time. Who's got a homily for me? So Father Sean, like two, maybe three weeks ago, he was struggling with this. He was like, what am I going to preach on? I don't know what to preach about. And so he sent a text out to a group of uh, the priests and the companions. And he said, does anybody have a homily for me? I don't know what to preach about. And it was the best day ever because one of them sent back my recorded homily from three years ago. <laughs> I was like, yes, <laughs> best day ever. Father Sean was not happy. <laughs> so I sent him to his room. Anyway, it was super sweet. There's a, there's a guy in the Companions who's, who, he's, is super kind to me. But they say imitation is the greatest form of flattery. And today what I want to do is I want to show you that the greatest desires of your heart and far more than you could ever hope for, God has something like that for you. He has something prepared for you that if you if you saw it, and when you do see it, you'll wonder how your heart ever longed for anything else. 
But the world, and this is what I want to show you today, is that Satan, what Satan does, Satan cannot offer you anything real. The only thing that Satan can do is to take something that God gives us and to make a parody of it. To make a parody of it. Today, what I want to inspire you to in the Easter season, brothers and sisters, heaven's real. It's real and it's worth waiting for. It's worth suffering for. It's worth setting your heart on. But we have to be strong and steadfast in that. And the temptation is always, because the road is hard and long sometimes, the temptation for us is to go and give our hearts to what the parody is. To settle for something much less in this world. That's always the temptation. Say in our first reading in Acts 14, St. Paul is on his first missionary journey. So Paul is sent out to preach the gospel. So Paul and Barnabas, when they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and Iconium, your favorite city and mine, and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples. And here's the thing, if you're going to be a Christian, you've got to be strong. You've got to be strong to live the Christian life. And part of my job and our job for each other, brothers and sisters, is to strengthen each other and to renew our hope in heaven. They strengthened the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Brothers and sisters, if you're going to make it to heaven, you're going to have a tribulation. You know this. But when I, when I began living my life as a Christian in an intentional way, I knew it would be hard. I knew it was the harder path. And something like, you know, 25 years later now, I never dreamed it would be as hard as it is. I never dreamed it would be this hard. And I know if you're living that life, if you're, if you're like me and you're on that way, sometimes you just say, Lord, it's too much. I don't know that I can keep walking. The first time I did the, the pilgrimage in northern Spain, the Camino de Santiago, we were on our way and we had a moment like that. We were halfway through our pilgrimage and with this long day, and I remember this longest day of our trip that year, and we came over this hill outside of Madrid, or I'm sorry, it wasn't Madrid, it was Pamplona, outside of Pamplona, Pamplona and we came into this little tiny town, and it was beautiful. And we were tired and we were worn out. And what we were tempted to do is, and we joked about it, we were like, let's just stay here. Do we really need to go to Santiago? 
this place isn't so bad. It's, it's got wine and the food's no good, but I can live with it. And there's a, some beautiful scenery and we like each other. Let's just, let's just settle here. Our second reading today, brothers and sisters, you've got to lodge that second reading in your heart. The thing that keeps us from succumbing and from settling for lesser things is the virtue that we call hope. And if you don't feed that hope that God has given you in your soul, you will set your heart on lesser things. You'll settle. You'll stay in that town. You'll say, Santiago isn't worth it. And let's just take a piece of heaven and, and make it right here. There's a great image of this in C.S. Lewis's book, The Great Divorce. In The Great Divorce, what happens, you know, the, you've heard me talk about it. If you haven't read it, you need to read that book. There's a bus ride from hell to heaven. And one of the best images in that book, everyone on the bus is allowed to stay in heaven if they want. What happens is one of the, the members on this bus he, they get off the bus and heaven is more than they'd ever dreamed. Heaven is not less real, it's more real. In fact, Lewis, he says heaven is so real that the, the people who have been living in hell, they've made themselves unreal and the grass in heaven cuts their feet because they've embraced things that are not real. But they get out and heaven is more beautiful than they've ever could imagine. And one of the things that happens is they get out and there's trees that grow golden apples. And one of the guys on the bus tries to outsmart God, which is always a great idea. And he steals an apple. And he's like, I'm going to take this apple back down with me. And this angel comes by and he rebukes him and he says, you fool. Why would you take that back to hell? Why don't you stay in heaven and learn how to live here? What we want to do sometimes is heaven's arduous. On our journey towards God, brothers and sisters, it's not easy. And sometimes we say, you know what? I don't want to go that hard. I'm going to build a little piece of heaven just right here. I'll take that apple and I'll just make my little spot in Denver, right, minus the traffic, my little corner of heaven. You have to fill your heart and your soul with hope. Let me tell you about your homeland. You need to dream about this. I was praying with this early this morning and I thought, I need something, I need some kind of image in my house to remind me where my true home is. Here today in Revelation 21, John tells us about the place that you and I belong. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, 
coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. John's going to tell us just a little bit later in this chapter, he says this. He says, the city lies four square, its length the same as its breadth. And he measured the city with his rod, 12,000 stadia. Its length and breadth and height are equal. So it's just as long as it is wide, and it's the same height as both of those measurements. 12,000 stadia. 12,000 stadia is 1,500 miles. This isn't meant to be overly literal and literalistic, but just think about this for a second. When John sees our city, he says it's 15 miles long, or I'm sorry, 1,500 miles long. From here, I Googled this this morning, from here to Washington, D.C. is 1,660 miles. The city of God goes from here to Washington, D.C. in length, width, and height. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with every jewel. John lists them out. The twelve gates were twelve pearls, each of the gates made of a single pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold transparent as glass. Chapter 22, you should go home and read this today. Then he showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, through the middle of the street of the city. There's a river that runs through the middle of our city. And on either side of the river, the tree of life. There shall be no more of anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall worship him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. The night shall be no more. They will need no light or lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. I want to go there. If that's real, brothers and sisters, it is real. And, Paul, and John here is using metaphorical language. But heaven, brothers and sisters, is beyond anything you can imagine. And what the world wants to do is it wants to offer what only God can give us. And it wants to give us a cheap imitation. And if you and I don't live Easter, if we don't have that city set in our hearts, I promise you, you'll fall for the counterfeit. The end of the book of Revelation, there's two cities. There's the heavenly Jerusalem we've been talking about, and there's Babylon. And Babylon doesn't look ugly. Babylon looks amazing. 
because it imitates Jerusalem. If you don't have your homeland in your heart, you'll settle for the imitation. You'll stop walking, you'll give up. Imagine heaven. St. Francis de Sales, what he says, he says, picture the most beautiful place you've ever been in your life. And imagine you're there and he says, imagine that the day is bright as can be and it's beautiful. But he says, imagine in such a way that at the same time, there's a night sky. And there's a billion stars overhead. And then he says, imagine the saints. How perfect their joy, their perfect love for each other. And as we heard in our our second reading today, right? No more death, no more pain, no more crying. In heaven, brothers and sisters, there will be perfect love and perfect communion. We're going to be there together someday. It's worth waiting for. It's worth it. If you don't think about that enough, you're going to settle for earthly things. That's kind of it today. It's kind of all I've got for you. But here's the key to it, right? So Paul and Barnabas in Acts 14... They're going and they're preaching the gospel and they're telling people, it's going to be hard. You're going to face crosses. And the only way that you're going to endure those tribulations, brothers and sisters, is if you know that he really can give you your heart's desire. If your heart is set on the things of heaven. Finally today, G.K. Chesterton has a great line. He's writing a terrible poem, actually. It's not very good. But it's called The Ballad of the White Horse. But he has one fabulous line in there where he talks about hope. And he's talking about King Alfred. And he says, uh, Darkness was on the emperor, and night was upon the pope. And Alfred... Love this line. Alfred, hiding in tall grass hardened his heart with hope. And I was on the emperor, darkness was upon the pope, and Alfred, hiding in tall grass, hardened his heart with hope. If you have the hope of heaven, you can get through anything. I bet your life is difficult right now. I bet there are challenges. I bet you wish that there were things that were going a different way. If heaven lies within you, you will make it through anything. And you'll be strong. Jesus, I believe in the resurrection. I look forward to the life of heaven and the world to come. Jesus, I hope to be there someday. For all of eternity, in perfect love and perfect joy and perfect communion. Lord, I believe 
but I forget. I forget about it all the time. And this world drags me down and I settle for less. Jesus, today, Lord, set our hearts on heaven and on the resurrection. Jesus, harden our hearts with hope.